Well, welcome back to our study in the book of James, ladies, and today will be on day eight, and I've titled this lesson, We Are All Adulterers. And we'll be in James chapter four today, starting in verse one. So yesterday, James gave us insight into characteristics of godly wisdom. James ended that thought with the encouragement that those who grow in godly wisdom and practice righteousness sow a harvest of peace. Today, James takes that a step further, addressing the opposite of peace, quarrels within the body. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly, to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. It's interesting, isn't it, how James goes right to the heart of the issue of fighting and quarreling? Remember yesterday we saw that worldly wisdom says we should look out for ourselves, and our selfish ambition gets in the way of godliness. So what does James now say is the source of quarrels? selfish desires. Your own passions are at war within you. Ladies, how often do we try to blame our sin on externals? Well, if he hadn't said this, then I wouldn't have said that. Or, if she hadn't done this, I'd have never done that. That's a lie. We have to fight our own flesh and be killing our own sin and not excuse ourselves when we do sin. We cause fights or we get snarled in fights because of our own sinful desires. We want something and we don't have it, so we murder. Now, keep in mind, Jesus made it clear that anyone who hates his brother in his heart is guilty of murder. We don't have to actually take someone's life to have the intention of murder in our hearts. And how often do fights and quarrels get elevated to the point where we truly feel hatred toward the other person? We want something. It may be an actual thing or a circumstance to happen or a series of events to occur in the way we want them to happen. If we don't get whatever that thing is, we get angry. We can get downright hateful. And according to Jesus' own words, we have murder in our hearts. James goes back to coveting here too. Remember when he was talking about wisdom, he talked about worldly wisdom is based on jealousy and selfish ambition. And here it is again. Covetousness is kind of like jealousy plus. Coveting usually involves not just wanting something that isn't ours, but hating the one who has that thing as well. And when we covet, we are also in effect saying, God, you didn't give me the gifts you should have. I should have gotten 
what you gave to them. Coveting reveals a lack of gratitude toward God as well. Do you see how all this really does tie together? James writes in a sort of stream of consciousness fashion, but you can see how that consciousness was flowing. And look at why James says they don't have what they want. Because their desires are wrong. Their desires are sinful. When they do ask God for what they want, they ask with the motive of selfishness to spend it on their own distorted desires. Well, come on. Do you really think God is going to give you what you want just because you want it? When your desire is wrong from the start and you aren't seeking what God wants for you, but just something what you see is something you should have, why would God give you that? It may seem strange to our ears to hear James call them adulterous people, but really that's what's going on. They have a master. They have a bridegroom. But they are constantly looking to please a different master, to be approved of by a different bridegroom. Their desire to be friends with the world is evidence of their adultery. They want to blend in. They don't want to be set apart to God. Holiness means being set apart, and they don't want that if that means giving up the approval of the world. Just as Israel in the Old Testament was constantly mixing with the pagan nations and trying to incorporate pagan practices in worship of the true God, so too the desire to please the world in James's time, and in our own, ends with spiritual adultery. We have been given a covenant with God, yet we reject that because we want what the world has to offer. We want to be friends with the world, and in so doing, We are God's enemies. Look at what James references here. God yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Now, that phrase that is quoted here is actually not directly found in Scripture, but the principle is found in Scripture, right in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 5. Right there, God gives the second commandment regarding idols, and then he says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. God is righteously jealous of our worship and affection. He is the only one worthy of worship and devotion. It is right that he would have a righteous passion for his holy name, demanding the exclusive worship from the people he has called to himself. We cannot be set apart to him while still living as the world lives. It doesn't work that way. There is no such thing as spiritual neutrality. Read First John. Over and over he tells us that you cannot walk in darkness and love the light. It doesn't work. When God's people of any age or era in history prioritize the things of the world over God, his people need to repent. So what are we called to do instead of fighting and quarreling and coveting and murdering? We're supposed to submit. Submit to God. God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. Submit yourself to His right and righteous commands and obey. When you are tempted by your own flesh or by the devil, resist and he will flee from you. The devil is not omniscient or all-powerful, ladies. In fact, he's already been defeated. Keep that in mind. You have been given the Holy Spirit, and you do have the power to fight against sin instead of giving in to it. Also, remember that God does not tempt you to sin, and He is not the author of evil. 
but draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Fight for what matters, but fight. No one drifts towards holiness, so you must put forth the effort, working with the Holy Spirit in your sanctification. James calls the reader to genuine repentance, to mourn and weep over our sin, to see our sin for what it really is and to hate it, not try to excuse it or justify it or make it seem less awful than it actually is. Ladies, your sin cost your Savior his life. He bore the wrath of God on your behalf. Your sin really is a big deal. How dare we act as though the very sins that sent our Savior to the cross are unimportant. When we realize how very dark our sins really are, we will mourn the sin that is still in us and we will strive ever more to draw near to God, to be rid of all of our sins so that we may not continue to offend and grieve our God. And when we do, when we humble ourselves before God, when we submit to Him, when we take our sins seriously, we won't be left beating ourselves up in our misery. God will lift us up. We won't exalt ourselves. He will lift us up. Think about that. We know that there is forgiveness freely offered when we come to Him and truly repent of our sin. God shows us grace continually and forgives us and purifies us from all unrighteousness when we submit ourselves to Him. Ladies, we all compromise at some point or points in our lives. We all do, and we don't really even realize how we compromise. There's no accusation here. We're all in the same boat. But as we grow and draw near to God, we should be asking Him to help us to see where we are still compromising, where we are still being adulterous people, and asking Him to help us to purge that sin from our lives. This isn't a one-and-done project. It's a lifelong process. God reveals your sin to you over, your, over time, progressively sanctifying you as you work through it. Just imagine if God gave you a list of all your sins the moment you were saved and said, all of this has to go. Think about, first of all, how long that list would be. Think about how defeated you would feel before you even started. Yet in His infinite wisdom, He shows us our sin, works through it with us, and then He shows us more of our sin and works through that with us as well. He knows what he's doing, ladies, but we must remember that we will not be fully perfected in this life. This process will continue until we die and pass into glory. Truly, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most in heaven is not fighting my sin anymore. I can't wait for that. So, ladies, today as you spend time with God, ask yourself how you might be compromised. How are you an adulterous person breaking the covenant God has made with you? What is God working on in your life? What sin has God helped you to have victory over in the past? Knowing that He is the one who brings the victory, and He desires to give you victory over whatever sins you are struggling with today, ask Him to show you, to help you to see your sin for what it is, and ask Him to help you to kill that sin as you submit to Him. He is faithful, ladies, and He will complete the work begun in you. Ladies, you can find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website, naomistable.com, day 8. We are all adulterers.